is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Whenever the church, a believer, turns to anything other than Christ and Him crucified as the answer, then you're turning to Satan, and you're no different than Ahaziah. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings chapter 1, 2 Kings chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 2, and Ahaziah fell down through the lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go, inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise and go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but thou shalt surely die. And Elijah departed." And I want to use for a subject this morning, is there not a God in Israel? After the death of Ahab, his son Ahaziah took the throne of the northern kingdom of Israel. His name means Jehovah upholds, which is ironic because His father Ahab was the most wicked, ungodly king that ever sat upon the throne of the northern kingdom of Israel. He served Baal, but yet he named his son after God. And that's kind of ironic, but I know a lot of people that have children And they'll send little Johnny and little Mary Sue off to Sunday school and church, but they themselves don't go. I know a lot of people that'll spend thousands of dollars and send their kids off to Christian school, but they themselves don't even know who David was. They don't know the difference from David and Adam. they, They don't know. But Ahab... He knew God, but he didn't serve God. And Ahaziah walked right in his footsteps. 
The other ironic thing is Ahaziah, his name means God upholds, but yet if you look there in verse 2, the Bible says that he fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and was sick. The lattices in those days were made of interwoven pieces of wood. There were two types of lattices, and we don't know what type of lattice he fell through, but one is a window lattice, and it would swing outward. And if the lattice was not fastened properly, then one could lean upon it and fall out the window. The other type of lattice was a roof lattice. It too was made of interwoven pieces of wood, but it was a railing that went around the roof. And roofs in those days were flat tops. And over a period of time, those railings would get weak. And if you leaned upon one that was weak, you can easily see how one could fall. Uh, we don't know what type of lattice Ahaziah fell through, but he fell through one such lattice and became sick as a result of his injuries. Just like Ahaziah fell, all of mankind is in a fallen state. And man is sin sick today because of that fallen condition. Ahaziah was not ignorant of God. He knew and had heard about the miracles that God performed on behalf of his father and Israel when the Syrians came up against them, how God delivered them. No doubt he had heard of the miracles that were performed through the hands of Elijah when he said there will not be any dew nor rain these years but according to my word and later he prayed to God and the fire fell upon the altar and he prayed for rain and it rained miracle after miracles Ahaziah was not ignorant of God because of these things and fallen man is not ignorant of God either. Are you hearing me? See, Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 1. Julie, if you will, pull it up on the screen. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Paul said, That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Speaking of the lost world out here. Stop right there. Move over to chapter 2 in your Bibles. Romans 2, verse 14. Paul went on to elaborate on this a little bit in the second chapter. He said, When the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things that are contained in the law, these having not the law or a law unto themselves, which shows the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. So what is he saying here? He's saying that when people out here in the world that don't even know the Bible, 
do by nature the things that are written in the Bible. It's evidence of God's signature upon the soul. So man is without excuse. All right, go back to chapter 1 again, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 this time. Paul said, the invisible things of him, talking of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Is there not a God in Israel? Yes, there is. And he can be known by his signature upon the conscience of man, the soul of man, and he can be known by his very creation. So man is without excuse. And Ahaziah was without excuse as well. He knew there was a God that performed miracles. He knew that he could go to this God and God would touch him and heal him, but instead he turned to Beelzebub. Second Kings chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says that he sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, about recovering from his disease. Beelzebub. It's a Hebrew compound word which means Lord of the Flies. Flies are attracted to dead things. And death entered into the world because of sin. See the connection there? Beelzebub, the lord of the flies. Pagans believed that Beelzebub was the producer of these flies. And they believed that by worshiping Beelzebub, then that would keep the flies down. And they also regarded Beelzebub as a giver of oracles, and that's one of the reasons why Ahaziah sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub. But when we get over in the New Testament, the Jews referred to Beelzebub as the prince of devils, the prince of all wickedness, even Jesus said that Beelzebub was Satan. So in essence, when Ahaziah went to Beelzebub, he was inquiring of Satan. The church used to frown upon witchcraft, sorcery, palm reading, fortune tellers, tarot cards, Ouija boards, and that sort of thing. We used to frown upon that. The church doesn't frown upon much anymore. Except preachers who preach the gospel. And preach against sin. That's what's frowned upon today. That's how far we've come. Ladies and gentlemen. But we're rich and increased with goods. And say we have need of nothing. But Jesus said you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. Lukewarm. But the church used to look askance at these things. But I submit to you that we do the exact same thing when we turn to anything other than Christ and what he did at Calvary to solve our problem. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. 
Whenever the church, a believer, turns to anything other than Christ and Him crucified as the answer, then you're turning to Satan. And you're no different than Ahaziah. I believe that there's a God in Israel. And God told us what man's problem is. It is sin. And God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live a perfect life, to die on Calvary's cross and be raised from the dead the third day. That is the answer to man's sin problem. That is the answer to your sickness today. That is the answer to every problem that you have. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And when you mix your faith with Christ and what He did at Calvary, place your faith in what He did, that, my friend, opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to start moving and working on your behalf. Jesus Christ is the source and the cross is the means by which we can receive whatever it is that we need. And the Holy Spirit is the one that performs that work. But it's faith in Christ. Is there a God in Israel? Yes, there is. And he sent his son Jesus Christ to be the answer to our problems. But see, the church today has turned to psychology. You know, a lot of churches won't even hire a pastor now unless they've got a doctorate in psychology. Psychology and psychotherapy is not a true science, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, it is the religion of humanism when you get right down to it. It has its roots in atheism and evolution. And just because we tack the word Christian on the front of it, that does not change the root system. Are you hearing me? You can get some antlers and a red nose and put it on a pit bull, and that don't make it Rudolph. Are you, are you hearing me? But when we go after these things... When we go after anything other than Christ and Him crucified, we're inquiring of Satan. And while we're dealing with the subject of witchcraft, Halloween is right around the corner. So let me go ahead and throw this in as well. Parents, you don't need to be letting your kids dress up like the devil. You don't need to encourage them in dressing up like witches and warlocks and demons all this other kind of mess. If you want them to dress up like something, dress them up like Joseph in the Bible. Dress them up like a Bible character. Encourage them in the things of God instead of encourage them in the things of the world. And also, while I'm on the subject, don't let your kids sit down and watch these horror movies. They're demonic. I used to love sitting there watching that stuff and get all tensed up and scared until God dealt with my heart about that. He said, you're having communion with demon spirits. And so the Lord's had to deal with me about that. Just like the Lord needs to deal with some of you about that. Some of you parents are getting tired of your kids running in there in the middle of the night waking you up. I've had a nightmare. You, you need to start taking control over what they're looking at over television and over the internet 
and on that cell phone. So he sent messengers to Beelzebub. And God told Elijah, you stop them. You intercept that. And you tell them, if you look there in 2 Kings 1 verse 3, you tell those messengers, is it not because there is not a God in Israel that you go to inquire Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Verse 4, now therefore thus saith the Lord, thou shalt surely die. You will not come down from that bed, but you shall surely die. The Lord doesn't look too kindly upon those who turn from him. I mean, there are people out here in the world when hard times hit, they'll turn to the Lord during such situations, but it's only for a season. But then you've got those, they fall upon hard times, they don't even think about God. They never turn to God. Such, God is not pleased with that. And let me tell you something else. God is not pleased when his children turn away from him. Believers that compromise their way can die an early death. Paul talked about that. If you'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, move down if you will to verse 27. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 27, Paul was talking about taking communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, but let a man examine himself. What are you examining yourself for? The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's not a one of us in here that are worthy because we've all sinned. Some of you sinned this morning. Some of you are sinning right now. <laughs> you're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch today instead of concentrating on what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I got talking about the Lord's Supper. Now you're thinking about a piece of chicken. Well, Brother James, you ain't helping matters much talking about a piece of chicken right now. <laughs> good old juicy steak would be good. <laughs> Baked potato. I was preaching on something. I got started talking about food. And now I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> <laughs> But we all commit sin. And Paul said, examine yourself. What are we supposed to be examining ourselves for? You need to examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Is your faith exclusively in Christ and what he did at Calvary? Or is it in something else? It ain't Jesus Christ plus this over here. When you add this over here, you've added to the Word, and you've just erased everything else. Christ has become of none effect unto you. It has to be Christ and Him crucified as the answer to your problem, and that alone. That's it. It's not this, that, and the other. 
Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, notice this, this is the point I wanted to make. It took me a while to get here. But for this cause, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, or many have died. Because they have not properly discerned the Lord's body. They don't fully understand what Jesus did at Calvary. And they've not placed their faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary exclusively. Thou shalt surely die. That was the word that Elijah gave to the messengers to give to Ahaziah. It was a word of judgment. It was a negative word. But it was a word that was given because God intended for it to bring about repentance. You, you don't hear many negative words in church today because it might offend somebody. But that's the whole purpose of a negative word. A word of judgment. It's, it, it's designed by God to bring forth conviction. You're supposed to feel like you're hanging over hell on a rotten stick. You're supposed to feel like that. Not all the time, but when you've done wrong. Hello? Well, Ahaziah, he did not like the word that Elijah gives, so... He sent a captain up there with 50 men. And some things were said. We don't know exactly what was said, but these men disrespected Elijah. And Elijah said, I'm a man of God. And if I'm a man of God, let the fire of God fall and consume you. And the fire of God fell and killed every one of them. And Ahaziah when he received word of this, he sent another 50 men up there with a captain. Same thing. They disrespected him. He said, I'm a man of God, and if I'm a man of God, then let the fire come down. And fire came down and consumed them. Elijah didn't have that kind of power. Elijah didn't do that. God honored what Elijah said. And, and we learn a lesson here. When you dishonor the man that's been called of God, you dishonor God. And I want to go a step further with that. When you dishonor a child of God, it doesn't matter whether they stand behind the pulpit or not. When you dishonor a child of God, you're dishonoring God. Jesus said, when you offend one of these little ones, then you've offended me. It's better for you to have a millstone hanging about your neck and thrown into the sea. Well, Ahaziah, he sends another 50 up there, third time. And this time the tune has changed a little bit. The man kneels before Elijah and says, Oh, please have mercy on me. I'm just up here doing my job, friend. Won't you please come down with us and talk to the king? He, he wants to talk with you. So the angel of the Lord told Elijah to go ahead. And now Elijah stands before Ahaziah. Ahaziah has the power to 
command soldiers to take a sword and remove Elijah's head now. See, before when Elijah gave the word of the Lord, it was to some, some messengers. But now he's standing before the king. And the word of God does not change. You get that. The word of God does not change because of the audience. The word of God is still the same. Is there not a God in Israel? Yes, there is, my friend. And his word does not change. He gave the same word right there in front of the king as he did in front of the messengers. And it was a word of judgment. Is there not a God in Israel? Yes, there is. And he's a God of judgment. He's also a God of grace and mercy. And it's all centered up in the cross of Christ. See, when you look at the cross, you're looking at a symbol of judgment. Because it was there that Jesus Christ took the judgment that you and I deserved. Judgment. Death. But the cross is also a symbol of grace and mercy because every person who places their faith in what was done there, they are saved. Is there not a God in Israel? Yes, there is. His word doesn't change. Turn to him today before it's everlasting too late and you will find his grace and mercy. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, 
Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.